out there in the CBC universe, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Characters. Ah, yes, it's good to see another Terminator. Kawhi? Is that you? <laughs> I'm your friend on the neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. And this is Chris, the uncontested creator of Cassidus. Comic stuff! Oh, there he is. I almost wondered if you were going to say, I'm Chris, the uncontested Terminator. Because <laughs> we're getting all that fat Terminator Dark Fate money. Hashtag sponsored. Hashtag ad. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, on that note, I went to go see a screening of Terminator 2 yeah. at the Draft House. And the, the I was really psyched about you... that because that, that's a legitimately good movie, <laughs> right? And I went with Brian and we're, we're, you know, we're there and like they have this this like kind of ad marquee thing up on the screen and it's half of the screen is like a image from Terminator two and half of the images from Terminator dark fate, that new Terminator mm. movie that's coming out. And it says, uh, exclusive 20 minute preview of yeah. Terminator dark fate. And I'm like 20, that's a long time. That's like the exposition chunk of the movie. <laughs> that's not really a preview. Um, anyway, they roll the thing and it's, it's about to get going. All of a sudden, the the feed changes and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton like sitting mm-hmm. and and it's and then so Arnold goes like thank you for coming to see Terminator 2 good movie whatever I don't know what accent I'm doing right now but like <laughs> he's he's like you know whatever he's like stay tuned you're gonna see 20 minutes Terminator Dark Fate and then he's like but he like looks confused like he's reading something and it doesn't make sense which <laughs> i'm not gonna make that easy joke right now but you know um and and he goes wait a minute wait a minute he goes i am the dominator i don't want people to see 20 minutes of this film no he's like everyone's already here we're pumped for the movie let's watch the whole thing oh shit and then and then he goes and if you have a problem with that projector man <laughs> he goes, I've got Sarah Connor right here. And she says, she, you know, and then and then so then Linda Hamilton's like, that's right. She's like, I'm Sarah Connor. And you better play the whole film or something like that. And then like, so everyone's confused. And then so, yeah, but then they're like, yeah, you were actually going to see the first first people in the in the country to see Terminator Dark Fate. Wow. So that's actually what ended up happening. We ended up watching Dark Fate. Like Here's the best thing. Terminator 2? It's was that? Instead of Terminator 2? Like a whole instead swerve? Instead of Terminator 2. So it was a complete swerve. I really liked the surprise and the idea. And they gave us like a little swag bag at the end too, which is really cool. Here's the funniest take though. And I want to preface it by saying that Terminator Dark Fate is good. And if you like it's it's a continuation of the first two Terminator films. Uh-huh. So it it it, it it, it exists in a way that where the other Terminator sequels do not exist. No Amelia Clark? No Amelia Clark. No Dracarys. No uh no my boy, Christian Bale? No oh Bale. No screaming at a grip. God, there he is. There he is. Um but and it's good. And if you it's it's got a lot of roots into the second Terminator. It feels pretty organic as a sequel. Hmm. Uh, it's got a lot of women empowerment stuff, so if that's your bag, you're really going to enjoy the film. I just want to say that my favorite take was Brian, after the film was over, was like, 
oh man, I thought we were going to see Terminator 2. Like, <laughs> which is fair, because Terminator 2 is really good, and it's cool to see that on the big screen. I get it. But it was just funny. He did like it, though. You know, it's just... Nice. So, um, I mean, this is obviously a comic book podcast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, throw it out there like the like the opening tip off of an NBA game. There you go. Let's do some. Let's do some NBA talk on this comic book podcast. Uh, truth be told, listeners, the NBA season did start this week. My fantasy team is a go. I already have like wow. three injuries, so that's great. Uh, half my brain, at least half my brain is in the NBA mode right now. So as I pepper in basketball takes and references into this podcast, I apologize, but also not really cause, um, I'm not sorry. Gotta say, yeah, this is totally intentional. <laughs> go Spurs go. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Um, Star Wars trailer dropped. We're going to talk <laughs> about that. We're going to finally get to a little movie called Joker. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, apparently came out sometime this year. I don't know when. Uh, we've got some Falcon Winter Soldier news. We've got a, a robust casting corner. We're going to feature uh, and discuss a Marvel fan series coming out of the UK centered around the character of Union Jack, which is really cool. And then our discussion topic for this week is going to be what is the future of comic media? Mm. So... Uh, we're going to hit all of those things real quick on the Star Wars uh, trailer. I want to just very quickly let the listeners know what my experience was. Because I, 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 we talked about this off the air, and I know you got your tickets, right? Yes, sir. But you're like a real fan because you got them like for the earliest showing possible, right? Thursday, yeah, Thursday at 6 p.m. Thursday at 6. Okay, so my showing is going to be, like, I think, at 9 or 9.40. But here's the thing. I'm perfectly happy with that. Because the way I even got these tickets is pretty ridiculous. Um, so what happened was I was already at the movie theater, at the draft house, seeing another film. It was a special screening of the original Ghostbusters, the good Ghostbusters film. Uh, <laughs> so Ghostbusters 2016? That's it. Oh, yeah, clearly. That's what, yeah, we were, we're there for Kate McKinnon. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, she's great. But, no, the original Ghostbusters. And um, so Lib and I were there and... Um, and we're just killing time because she thought the movie was at seven, but it actually was at seven thirty. Mm. And so we were just there, like kind of early. Some old fashions in you? Yeah, God, oh, yeah, of course, man. The maybe the best old fashioned in San Antonio, oddly enough, at the Park North Draft House. By the way, second to that, close second, maybe, maybe even will usurp it. Try the old fashioned at five oh two. Mm. This is super localized for the yeah. listeners in San Antonio. Microcasting right now. But like the old fashioned at 502 is legit. It's tight. Oh. Um, old fashions are tight. Um, so, so we're there killing time. Right. And I'm just kind of fucking around on my phone and I get this email from the draft house at the draft. house. I'm at what? the draft house. <laughs> and I get an email. From the draft house. Real, yeah, real Nolan style. And and it's like, there's this movie party in a month. Get tickets now. And I don't, I don't even remember what it was. But I was like, okay, yeah, I'll get tickets to that. And I click on the thing. And it just automatically takes me 
to a web page within the app that's like, are you looking for Star Wars tickets? <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait a minute. No, yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that they were, because, you know, and, and um, so the way they did it this year is they, I think they did this last time too. They were going to, they debuted the trailer during Monday Night Football. Yeah. And then at that point, that's when the tickets went on sale. Right. So, so I just happened to get that weird email. I clicked on the link. It took me to the wrong place. And I was like, well, yeah, I want some Star Wars tickets. <laughs> and then I bought them and then it sold out like immediately. <laughs> so, so just really the universe was watching out for your boy. Not bad. My nerd cred remains intact. Thank you, universe. Thank you. I feel like the positivity of the CBC universe was on my shoulder that night. Yeah, you really got some midi chlorians in your corner there, buddy. There you go. That's what we want. Oh, man. You know, I was, okay, sidetrack, sidetrack. I was thinking about Phantom Menace earlier today, and I think what's kind of problematic, I mean, what's there's many, 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 many problematic things with that film, but the fact that Anakin is nine and that uh, Amidala is 14 she's supposed to be 14 <laughs> why not just make him 12 and her like 15 hmm. I, I feel like that would just decrease the creep factor of that entire early relationship and the flirting that goes on in that film by a significant amount so 9 to 14 right is that the so 9 and 14 so okay. they have a 5 year difference and i don't know how important that is to canon but what I would, what I would, this, the edit that I would make is twelve and fifteen. Yeah, no, I'm about to say that's about the same amount as Romeo and Juliet. Um, again, <laughs> different time, different complete frame of yeah, reference. Just, but I just, yeah, that's where my mind went first. Okay, like okay, so I don't know. Just throwing that out there, listeners. Feel free to get at us at CB Characters. Uh, Gmail is cbcharacters at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Neil before pod. Let us know what you guys think about the Phantom Menace for whatever reasons. Just let us know. Um, it's easier than ever now. Isn't there a button? There is a button. You're right. So there, it, there is literally a button on the Facebook page. It's a big blue button. It's on the right hand side. If it's on the app, it's still on the right hand side. You click it and bam, you're able to send us an email directly. So you want to throw that hate mail at us? Throw it at us. You want to throw Shit, that great mail at us? <laughs> throw it at us um, let's talk about what's probably going to be a much better Star Wars film here's open shit yeah Rise of Skywalker's pants, pants? yeah I know you want it I know yeah. you want it oh like, man I, you know I want it you do you God, you just I know I gave it to you like there you go <laughs> I just how important that is to you. All right, Star Wars trailer did debut on Monday. Final trailer. Uh, a lot of people are like, don't show me anymore. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see anything else. I'm already going to see the movie. Stop it. <laughs> um, great trailer, though. We're not going to go beat for beat because, again, it's a visual trailer. Like, it's on YouTube. You want people to break down the trailer. That shit's on YouTube. There's lots of people that do that. <laughs> We're just going to give you like our reactions, uh, things that stuck out. So, Chris, for you, what was something that really stuck out in that Star Wars trailer? Man, uh, I think the first thing I kind of, I mean, there's so much going on, right? There's so much kind of yes. like set pieces that you get shown. But I think the biggest thing I saw was the fucking scale of it all. 
Yes. Yes. Like, oh, perfect. JJ can do scale really, really well. Um, I, I would maybe argue that's what he does best. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to say he, stories, not so much. He crushes it visually and with scale. And uh, yeah, it's. I'm so happy you said that because that's absolutely the thing I took away from the trailer first and foremost as well. Was there a particular scene that stuck out for you? Yeah, there was. It was um, this one scene where uh, I think it's a bunch of TIE fighters flying towards something. It's uh, It kind of looks like uh, an iceberg, like off in the distance. Um, oh, yeah. And I, you can't really tell if it's like mirrored on water for a second, but it right, might or be if like, it's in like space does it or extend does it extend beneath the the waterline the horizon? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one that one looked really fucking awesome. What that scene did that was really really great, and what what gives me a lot of encouragement in terms of what J.J. Abrams is going to do with this film is that it it's it's something we haven't seen before. Mm. but also feels like it fits so well in the universe of Star Wars. Yes, yeah. And, and that's what I want. You know, this is he has such a hard ask in this film because mm -hmm. not only are you capping the new trilogy, you're also capping the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. This is supposed <laughs> to end everything. <laughs> Was that? For better or worse, the prequel trilogy. For better trilogy. or worse. Yeah, I mean, can you do worse? Then, um, then Misa Jaja, like, <laughs> can, can you, can you do worse? Let's not, I'm not, that's not a challenge. I don't want it. I don't want yippee! it. Worse. Oh, yippee. Yeah. Holy hell. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> Although, oh, I mean, well, the one thing that keeps getting called back, at least between us and some, some friends, is like, uh, you can't do Jedi mind tricks on me. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm a Todarian. There we go. <laughs> Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. <laughs> Only money. <laughs> yeah. Now, Watto, Watto forever. Hashtag Watto forever. Wow. If That's he's a strong in, take. If he's in this film, no. automatic 100 <laughs> Rotten Tomato score from yours truly. Known slave owner, Watto. <laughs> With a chin that looks like a scrotum with a three-week growth on it, just just wisping in the wind. Never um, seen a pair of pluckers in his life. Woof. All right. So, so, so that's the thing. I mean, he JJ Abrams has such a huge task ahead of him, but like that scene is is exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, I think another really cool scene that we see there's a, and I'm concerned here. I, I don't, I don't know if Disney's trying to pull some Marvel stuff where they're, they're actually giving us Mr. X in the trailer. Right. But there's a scene and it looks really cool. Uh, it's Ray and Kylo and they're destroying a statue question mark, a robot question mark, <laughs> a person question mark remains remains. Yeah, question mark. Uh, who knows? It looks really cool, though. I'm just like, oh wait, are they gonna are they gonna join forces? If so, or why are they tipping all this stuff already in the trailer? I'm here for it. Yeah, I like that narratively, but like, do we need all this information, or is it a misdirect? I mean, we see them fighting, right? So, yeah. What do you think? We do see them fighting. We see them squaring off. It's like a uh, Kylo Ren's all rain drenched or some shit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past the mouse to do some Mister X right now because in the last trailer we had the reveal question mark of like oh, dark, ray the, the with dark ray with the double yeah. sla- double saber. Yeah, that weird ass saber. Nowhere to be seen in this one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I hope they're smarter than we are. You know, like I mean the general audience, because I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want everything. You know, don't do what Warner Brothers does. I don't want everything handed to me before the film even comes out. Right. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what else is really cool about this. Oh, so yeah. On that note, Kylo, Kylo, and Ray. The the Raylo mm. whole thing, like they're obviously going to be a centralized focus of this film. Awesome! I love these characters. I'm a we've talked about this many times. I'm a huge, huge Kylo, uh, Kylo Ren stan. Okay, <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I have aimlessly walked down halls, shirtless, oiled up, just walking. <laughs> Just, Weird, <laughs> weirdly buff. Yeah, just oddly buff in the chest, mostly in the pectorals. <laughs> and then I just, I very calmly ask, can you see me? <laughs> <laughs> I just busted out 12 reps of standing wall push-ups. Yeah. With the diamond. Yeah, big fan of, of the diamond wall push-up. <laughs> for sure. You got to do 16 three sets. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh any anything anything that gives you concern in the trailer? Huh. Man, um not really. I mean, yeah. it's a really well-cut trailer. Yeah. I'm a fucking hype train right now. They always know how to do a good hype train for Star Wars. Um yeah. so Well, hell yeah, even even Phantom Menace was a great hype train. Shit, you know? I mean, I can't tell you how many fucking Pepsi cans I bought that year. Uh. Just cuz the <laughs> goddamn characters on the side of them. Yeah. Yeah. The Duel of the Fates music. Dun 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 dun. dun. So good. So oh by the way, like watch the trailer again. Uh the the score is whoa, just out of this world. John yeah. Williams perfect. Perfect <laughs> score. I guess the only thing that's kind of concerning maybe is the runtime. Okay, yeah, what's what's that shooting at? It's like 151 minutes. All right, so what, like a little over two thirty, two hours and thirty minutes. Yeah, I think I've uh, read that it's supposed to be the longest Star Wars yet. Sounds sounds right. Um, you know, I I think I think that could be a concern, especially if you're getting a lot of like, um, I don't even remember what the stupid planet was called in um, in uh, not Force Awakens, the other one, Last Jedi, where they Canto Bite, I think. Oh yeah, with the like the casino. <laughs> and the horses or whatever. Oh, that's the that's the concerning thing for me. I'll get to that in a second. Um, if you do a lot of that stuff in this film, no. Mm. <laughs> Don't want it. You can have it. You can have it in the film. Keep it short. Um, but people people are drinking a lot of Coca-Cola in those audiences. Yeah, yeah. Man, these movies like, you know, Endgame, Infinity War, they're really just, they're wrecking our bladders. We're doing some permanent damage for these felts. <laughs> Class action lawsuit coming. Yeah, oh, that is coming. Um, I think that the runtime will actually benefit the film. Because, you know, we talked about how this has to to 
to finish the narrative of so many different things. A lot of ground to cover, yeah. A lot of ground to cover. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, there's a rumor. Okay, it's just a rumor. I wouldn't put... It's not even like a strong one. It's like a it's like a Charlotte Hornets basketball game on a Wednesday. Is like anybody watching. <laughs> it's real weak. Um, supposedly, there might be a Force Ghost battle what? of some sort. At the end of the film, which really opens up to a lot of nostalgia <laughs> uh, shots, you know, okay. you want a you want an old Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, oh shit! You know, or uh, you know, um, maybe old Anakin Skywalker, or fucking even Hayden Christensen, whatever. I don't know. Uh. Um, get Yoda again. Yoda's always nice. You could see Luke maybe. Um, the one con- con- controlled concern for me is that I and I saw them. This is a, the movie's called Star Wars, right? Star Wars. Right. There are space battles. Did I see some horses in that trailer? <laughs> are they putting horses in the ships? It was, it was more like a cross between like a llama and a giraffe. Okay, on, but on a, on a yak frame or something. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, the milk must taste delectable. I mean, you know, Luke would have been all about it. <laughs> Get that calcium or whatever he needs. I don't know. That that's a little concerning. What do you? How does that even happen? Because it's not like I don't think they're on a planet at that point. Yeah, they're kind of like running across a bridge or something, right? They look like they're on a space station or something. Yeah. So so how are you getting them llama horses up on the space yeah. station? That's a good point. I mean, not for nothing, there were horses used in World War Two. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> just, I'm fine. Like, we had the uh, the Tauntauns on Hoth, right? Right. I'm fine with it. You can have animals, sure. On the planet. <laughs> Not in the space station. <laughs> that's that's my concern. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, I don't really, I, I don't know what the transition is here. Um, let's talk about a little movie called Joker. <laughs> I feel like I had a good transition before, and I just do not remember what it was. <laughs> but it's fine. So the, before we get into our feelings on the film, and by the way, spoilers. Um, I mean, the movie's been out for a while. You guys had a chance to watch it. The budget on this film, including advertising, was under $60 million. What? Which is... Get the fuck out of here. Uh, pretty crazy. Including marketing? Including marketing. God. Wow. You got to think. There's not a lot of special effects in this film. There's a little bit kind of in the third act, but not not a lot. There's not a lot going on. Um, All right. What do you think the total gross for the film is as of, I think it says 1024, 2019? All right. Um, Okay. So it's been out for a little couple over, weeks. I think three weeks. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah, Maleficent just kind of knocked it off last weekend. Uh, 60 mil budget. Wow. Jesus. God, I can't stop thinking about that now. <laughs> it's so small for like a big <laughs> blockbuster picture. Uh, I'm going to say like a cool 250 mil would be okay. pretty easy. Solid profit, right? Four times the budget. Right. Five times the budget. Great, right? Good. Good get. How about $771 million? (laughs) 
I mean, good for them. Good for them. Holy I'm going to bring shit. this up now because I'm going to forget this later, but it's definitely a thing that I want to talk about in greater length towards the end uh, of the discussion of this movie. Here's my problem. I'm really happy that it's doing so well. I really enjoyed the film. I think you less so, and we're going to actually get into that. Yeah. But here's here's my problem as a person that enjoyed this film. This film is supposed to kick off a franchise within Warner Brothers of independent comic book films that are not integrated into one another, that have no expanded universe. They're just about mm. telling stories. And I love that idea, and they, they nailed it for me out of the park in this one. Right. And, 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 and financially, uh, they've succeeded. You know, they've won awards already. They've, they've succeeded kind of all the way around. They've made so much money here <laughs> over over cost of production that they're gonna fuck it up, right? Like yeah. they're they're absolutely gonna make a sequel. They're gonna try to build this into like its own pocket universe oh my God. or something. Like there is no chance that that they don't try to build on this movie. Am I right? Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. Um you can almost hear that. Fuck, seven, 700 million? So almost 800 million. God damn it. <laughs> Most of a billy. Yeah, you can hear the yeah. champagne bottles being popped right now from fucking Warner Brothers. Like, we finally cracked it. We got it, guys. Finally. <laughs> uh, and they're ta- this is the thing. They're taking the wrong thing from the – they're taking the wrong lesson from this film. <laughs> like, we, we posted this on the Facebook page. And yeah, the website that was reporting this is suspect. I'll give you that. But there's this thing where, like, you know what? We're, I'm gonna save this for for the what if. We'll do the we'll do this on the what. Okay. If. Let's let's get into the film. Ooh, anticipation. All right. So, as we do our reviews for the films, we always have these little segments we break down into. This time it's Flash versus the Joker or Joker. Um, now Interesting we never we don't ever mean this literally. It's never like meant to be a literal thing. I actually want to see this fight. <laughs> I want to see Flash versus the Joker. How would this work out? Obviously, Flash is super powered. Joker's just kind of crazy. Um, does but Joker's really proficient with a crowbar, right? Wow. Does he get lucky wow. with a swing toward the kneecap? Can he take out Flash's MCL ACL? Like as he's stationary or as he's running? I don't. I mean, I don't know. As he's running, I guess. I think. Oh man, is he at like near full speed? Because you're talking about like some friction creating <laughs> like an explosive sphere at that point. Yeah. Are they are they both dead at that point? <laughs> is it a, is it a DQ disqualification? Both knocked out situation. I I don't know. I, well, I'm just I'll saying. See it. Uh, how 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 often have you ever seen these two score off in the comic books? Like <laughs> never, never happens. I want to see it now. I want to know what would happen. <laughs> I want it, I want it to be jo- something innocuous, like Joker's waiting in line for like a, a food truck that just opened in Gotham City and it's trendy, and then Flash is running by. He's like, oh, I'm so hungry, and got in front of him real quick just for some shortcut yeah. or something. Yeah, and then uh, like Joker's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna get that fucker. I don't yeah. know how, but I'm going to get him. <laughs> we know it would be funny is if he just started, uh, like, he used, I don't know, like, he, he got some kind of, like, really strong reinforced wire 
and just started like laying it across things <laughs> all throughout the city. So as the Flash tries to run, he keeps tripping and like falling and hurting himself. Wow. I don't know. All right, let, let's go. So uh, for the recap of Flash versus Joker flashback, um, let's do this because it's such an iconic scene. Uh-huh. Uh, can never be overdone, I think, is how I feel. Right. Let's do the movie from strictly the perspective of one Thomas and Martha Wayne <laughs> exiting oh, no. the theater and going into a safe alleyway? Question mark. <laughs> what do you got? All right. Wow. Okay. I need. Uh, I need to get in the headspace here. I'm. I'm all right. Okay. Italian suit. Uh, big dude. Uh, lots of white privilege. Uh, yeah, just drape yourself in that white privilege. Yeah, yeah. Uh, feels good. Wow, <laughs> it feels like society treats me differently all of a sudden. <laughs> mother, mother, wasn't that an enjoyable opera we just watched, mother? <laughs> oh yes, darling. Yes, I believe so. Uh, it was so enthralling how the bats descended. I didn't like that part at all. Yes, son. Yes, son. We know you're a little pussy. Uh, hey, hands up. Oh, yes, sir. Can I help you? Give me all your fucking money. Uh, uh, in due course, you are part of the poverty citizens in our, in our city, so you'll get it eventually from the welfare state. My fucking now, asshole! Oh, no, what are we gonna do, honey? Um, don't hand me your pearls. Yeah, the pearls! Give me the pearls! Uh, don't do that at any, at any cost, um, mother. <laughs> pop, 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 pop! You get what you deserve! <laughs> Cut to slow motion pearl break. <laughs> Cascading to the ground <laughs> like young Bruce's innocence just <laughs> crashing into the asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa. Like, who, who deemed that, that under any and every circumstance possible, that they're going to show that sequence. <laughs> it's like I mandatory. Mean, any Batman universe. Every utterance of Batman or Bruce Wayne of all time. Like, is there a more f- featured sequence in comic book lore? <laughs> like, this puts Uncle Ben's death. Right. It makes it feel like a, a, new, a new way French film. <laughs> like, it's something you've never seen before. Like, you saw Avatar for the first time in 3D and we're like, oh. This is a terrible movie, but <laughs> technologically, this is amazing. It's new. My eyes have not seen it before. Um, yeah, it's... Oh, man. That scene. I I will say I was shocked that they showed that in the film. I was like, are you kidding me? Damn. There's room for this? They, There's not room for this. They fucking love killing some Waynes, man. They they love... Killing them Waynes. Killing them Waynes. Awesome band name. <laughs> Hashtag killing them way. TM, T, the, TM, right now. Combo co- trademark characters podcast. CBC. Yeah. Combo characters. Killing them Wayne's though. <laughs> and the T-shirt would literally be like young Bruce in the middle, Thomas and Martha, <laughs> and then and then X's over their eyes. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. It's like a it's like a tour shirt. And on the back it has like Gotham, Metropolis, and 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloodhaven. Yeah, yes. What? Money. Where? There's money right there. TM can't say it's hard enough. TM. TM. So hard. So hard. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, so I kind of already alluded to this earlier, but I, I feel like I enjoyed the film significantly more than you did. And so as we go into our segments, I'm going to take the lead on the Excelsior and, and then I want you, Chris, we're going to, you're going to take the lead on Bizarro. Yeah. And we'll give our, we'll give our points, so to speak. Sound good. So let's jump into Excelsior. Excelsior. You know, it really does. I'm not joking. This is not a bit. Every time I hear that clip, my, my heart smiles. (laughs) Like I just it it's so good to hear Stan's voice. Very quick aside, I saw Jan Silent Bob reboot, which uh thankfully is not terrible. It's not like Tusk or Yoga Hosers. Oh man. If if you like clerks chasing Amy or Mallrats, or especially if you like Jan Silent Bob Strike Back, this is very much like those films. Mm-hmm. Um has a lot of heart to it. Uh speaks to uh, fatherhood and things like that. In a way that that you wouldn't expect. Also, Jason Mewes surprisingly good in it. Oh, not bad. And is probably the central character. Um, uh, the one thing I will say, it's a bit of a spoiler, but like Stan Lee was supposed to be in this film. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he passed away, and so that ultimately didn't happen. But uh, if you if you do end up seeing the movie, stay for the credits because there is like a bit of a of a an homage to Stan like an, a thing honoring Stanley mm. at the end who of course meant so much to um to Kevin Smith so just want to throw that out there for you listeners I know a lot of our listeners are probably uh, pretty big Kevin Smith fans um because he was such a pioneer of comic culture back in the 90s and early 2000s um all right so Excelsior okay again I like the film I think significantly more than you did. The reasons I like it are is this. Um, first of all, Joaquin Phoenix destroys it in this film. He's so good. Yeah, 100%. Uh, worth the price of admission of the film just to see this performance. He, he's really good. A lot of people have been asking me, some of our listeners have reached out. So ultimately, where do you rank him? Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, Ooh. Joker, right? Here's the thing. It's a bit of a cop out. I don't think you should pick. They're just, they're different. They're both on the same level of amazing. They're, they're amazing in different ways and they do different things. Hmm. Um, the one thing I will say is that it's a bit of an unfair comparison because Heath Ledger's Joker, although very central to the dark Knight, it's not his movie. It's ultimately a Batman movie. And he also shares, some of the some of the weight of the film is shared with uh, Two Face as well, whereas Joker is ju- it's just a Joker film. Um, Batman does appear. What in that Joker? A little Batman. I mean, like a tiny Batman. A very like little, a little, like a mini bat, <laughs> like a wiffle bat. Wiffle yeah. wiffle Batman. Wow. Um. <laughs> so. I think if you gave Heath Ledger's Joker an entire film where he's literally the centralized character for the entire time, oh boy, like that could have been really amazing too. But they're both great. I I, I just don't think you have to pick. I don't think we have to rank everything all the time and we have to compare things all the time. 
just like they're both amazing on their own and I want to enjoy them both kind of on their own. Mm-hmm. So that's what I had to say about Walking Phoenix. He's great in it. Zazie Beats, also amazing. New member of the uh, Evans list? Yes. Zazie Beats to, I mean, yeah. I mean, is she like she's in a comic book film, but she's not a comic book character. Is she or is she? Well, good question. yeah, that is a good question. I mean, she is a character, but she's not a hero or a villain, uh-huh. per se. I don't know. We'll have to come back to that. I think honorary Chris Evans, maybe, uh, at worst. Uh, she's great. Um, Todd Phillips does a great thing, which he clearly cribbed uh, from from Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, uh, two Scorsese films, who was a producer on this film. Uh, but But he makes Gotham the City a character in this film. Uh, the way Scorsese loves to do with New York, the way the Woody Allen loves to do with New York, you know, the city is a character. Mm. And I think he does a great job of that. Um, the, the, the last thing I'll say is, and this is where we disagree. The film does a lot with narrative and the idea of an unreliable narrator in a vein of like a fight club or maybe a sixth sense um, where you go back after watching it and, and you think like, oh, shit, wait, so what was real and what wasn't? Mm-hmm. Now, I would argue that this was purposeful, predetermined, and that's what they wanted. The film does make a couple of efforts to show us how things can be and can also not be real and sort of cues us a couple of times. I know you're going to bring up a point <laughs> about how they go about doing that, but they, I, I feel like they make that effort. It's not nothing like, you know, so they make a point to show it. So that means it has a, a point in the film. Um, and then the other thing is that, I would argue that this film features mental illness in a way in a in a in a way that independent films have done for a long time and the way that small dramas have done from time to time. We've never seen it to this level in a quote unquote blockbuster film in a mainstream film like this. I think. Huh. I, to me, this film almost does for mental illness what Requiem for a Dream did for like drug use wow all right uh, and i'll just i'll end it on this and then we'll we'll go to whatever excelsior point you might have and then we'll <laughs> go to bizarro but richard evans who's who does the music for our show the opening and close with rivers want he loved the film and he said kind of i think the most poignant thing about it which is ultimately the thing he took away from this film was for arthur fleck the character arthur fleck it was infinitely easier for him to get a gun than it was for him to get the mental illness health services that he desperately needed. Oof. Now that's a big thing to say. Uh, I'm really, I appreciate that Richard pulled that from this film. I think a lot of people can pull that from the film. I think when we, we are probably going to discuss this, 
how much this film is trying to say that on purpose and make it a central theme for the film is debatable for sure. But the fact that people can even pull that from the film to me is very important and, and very um, of the time that we live in now. So that's what I'll say is yep. Excelsior for this film for me, for Joker. Anything for you that stood out? that you especially enjoyed? Uh, I mean, you already touched on the biggest thing, which is Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I think, yeah, yeah. It, it, fucking masterpiece. It's like chef's kiss kind of equality. It's, it's really, really good. I don't think that that motherfucker can't not act well. Like right. <laughs> anything he's in. Uh, I want to see him in Space Jam too. <laughs> I'm just, as the, just, just, will his brain melt? Like what will he do? <laughs> like as a Bill Murray role? Yeah, just like I can't not be good in this, but this is shit. So, <laughs> like, what happens? I want to hear him deliver the line. Whoa, 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 whoa! I don't play defense. <laughs> um. Okay, so Joaquin Phoenix for you, right? Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, okay, he, man, that performance is right up there with her for me. So yeah, he's so good. It's this is the kind of performance where I hope a lot of people see it and then go, you know what? This Joaquin Phoenix guy is really great. I'm going to go back and try to find other films that he's in. Right. Because uh, he's got some real bangers out there. Uh, some really, really strong performances over the years. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and move on. Let's get to Bizarro. Look! It am our most famous superhero! Yes, it be Bizarro number one. It me bizarro number one. I just I, I love all our sound drops. Honestly, <laughs> they're just so weird. Um, okay, I'm gonna I, clearly I'm gonna step back here because yeah. you have some thoughts and let's let's see uh, let's see what you think. What did you think about Joker? It was garbage. Oh, it was hot garbage. Oh, okay. oh yeah. The, like the with the juice at the bottom of the bag. Oh no! Like throw it in a garbage can. Take the garbage can. Throw it in the uh-huh. dumpster. Set the dumpster yeah. alight. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wait, does the does the bag with the juicy garbage have a little hole in it so when you when you go to to lift it it like spilt like a little trail of garbage juice is with you? All on the carpet and on the uh, and you're not wearing shoes cuz you're going out to take the trash out it, uh, yeah, yeah. on your sandals, on your toes. If if you have a pet it gets in their eye. Uh. <laughs> wow. Strong, strongest of takes. <laughs> Let me let me preface my the rest of what I'm gonna say with, uh, I don't actually think it was a bad movie. Um, yeah, I've seen bad movies. Uh, fuck, we've seen a lot of bad movies. Yeah, thank you, Seth Rogen, for this is the end, motherfucker. Oh my god, yeah, what, what was that? What? They were just fucking around, getting high, and they were like, I guess film now. I don't know. What a masturbatory exercise of cinema. <sighs> Yoga hosers. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Okay, so it's not a bad film. It's just uh, the way that it was presented, I don't think, uh, fully executed what they wanted to do. You're right. They had all those intentions of what you just said in Excelsior. I think they really, 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 really wanted this film to be extraordinary. And I don't right. think they had, like, the the technical kind of uh, veracity to do it. I don't think they right had the, prowess. the know-how. <laughs> right. I mean, you've got Scorsese producing, but ultimately it's Todd Phillips directing, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. I think that's where it, it's a huge stumbling block. Um, I think, you know, what, I'm going to start with my, like the metaphor that I kind of thought of to help me and kind of encapsulate my thoughts for this movie. Um, I think of Joaquin Phoenix's performance as like a Van Gogh, like a Van Gogh yeah. painting that we found in some 
wealthy asshole's uh, uh, attic after he passed away. Right. And it's beautiful. And we've never seen anything like it before. And we want to put it somewhere to, you know, for posterity to, to see it. Uh, and we're going to use this huge frame that was meant for another painting. Uh, we're just going to slap that on there real quick. And then, uh, wait, wait, wait. Just one frame, though? This is a new Van Gogh. Let's put another frame kind of wacky and tilt it to the side a little bit. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Todd Phillips. Like like Banksy threw it on there or something. <laughs> and then two frames. Wow, this is a this is a great painting. So it might wait. What about a third frame? What about a third frame? That's a, from an old movie that was really really good. And we're just gonna slap that on there because context means nothing. And <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it, it, it's it feels like. It, it was great, great. They had a great thing going on, and then they had to kind of like frame it in these ways that felt unnatural or maybe unorganic to what was happening on the screen for me through Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go through and break it down. Like the first frame of reference is, of course, Taxi Driver. Um, mm-hmm. That one scene where he kind of follows her and to her, to Zazie Beetz's character, to her work, straight up fucking lifted from the movie, right? Yeah. Um, so. I, I guess you have to do something with Marty giving you some money, but uh, like I, I don't know where that fits in. Like, how's this? How's it relate to Arthur and his story in this in this world that we created? Um, so I, I guess my first, <laughs> it's gonna feel like a. Uh, I might be an asshole, but it's gonna feel even more so and pronounced today <laughs> because your first point about like Gotham being a character. Um, of course, you want that. You want a vibrant kind of setting for your story. I think the setting is so vibrant and so realistic that it does what maybe uh, Schumacher had uh, some little bit of leeway with in Batman Forever. Uh, if I want a hot take, I guess, that he had like total visual control over that space in which this story was t- taking place, right? Um, right. We get very little verisimilitude difference between actual 1982 or 1980, like New York and 1980 or 1982 Gotham. It's pretty much the same thing uh, right. to the point where the, the stairs in the Bronx are the actual stairs <laughs> that Joker goes down. Right. Um, you have to film somewhere. You have to film on location so that, you know, I'm not taking that into account. I'm not like knocking the film for not being shot on a soundstage. But what I am knocking it for is like. The audience isn't really given like a visual language, a visual codex to kind of use to kind of understand like what we're trying to say with this movie other than this is set in fucking real life and there's no mistaking it for real life. So it already kind of like is a little wobbly on that footing just because we're going to tell a story about this one character. And I guess, you know, it's great to know that it it is you want to see like actual events like mirrored in Arthur. But um it's the Joker. It's not going to be real, right? At the end of it, it's not going to be. It's not going to be a, a, a you know a period piece. Uh, it's just right. it's like a supervillain movie. Um, so it already felt a little weird. Um, it, the the ground felt kind of like a quicksand for for a minute. Then okay. you know, as the movie progresses, as the first act progresses, as the exposition kind of gets through, you know, we're supposed to get a, like a quick download of like how we're supposed to understand this movie. Uh, we get that one scene where he's watching the Murray Franklin show with his mom, um, and they're they're watching it kind of in a dark room, like on a bed, and then uh, all of a sudden it transitions to him being in the audience, and like uh, he's like 
kind of talking out of turn and not being a good audience member. But Murray fucking loves it, brings him on stage, hugs him and all that. We we get that it's a dream sequence because it's capped immediately with him being back in the room with his mom. Right, it's bookended. Yeah. Yeah. So the audience kind of is anchored and knows that, like, oh, okay, so that was just a flight of fancy. Like, uh, that didn't really happen. Um, because movies do that a lot. Movies jump, like, from location to location. Uh, it's part of the language of the movie that you don't really notice the edits if they're well done. Um, except if they're trying to say something, right? Like, okay, so he just went on a little tangent in his mind. We don't get that really again until, like, um, and we don't get it fully, I'm going to say, until he walks right. into the apartment and says, as he beats his apartment, like, uh, with, like, this really ponderous music going down, like, this ominous tones, like, like fucking synths and basses doing the, doing the most to <laughs> tell us that this fucking guy's... Where's Trent at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he shouldn't be here. And her, her, then, of course, her reaction is like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? Please leave. Um, yeah, it's just like, how would we clue into that? I, I don't really get it. Right. I mean, I, I think that's, a, that's an astute point, and it is, it's definitely inconsistent, right? Mm. Um, I kind of was thinking about that, and I sort of, I don't know. I don't know if the movie earns this, but I'm going to argue that it does. At the start of the film, we pretty much start with him meeting with his like social worker mm-hmm. or like a therapist person that he's that he's talking to trying to get some meds from trying to get the meds right he's talking about the meds and so at the beginning of the movie he's kind of unhinged but he's on like he's taking his medication at one point kind of towards the middle of the film he stops Mm -hmm. so i feel like the the clear-cut sort of bookend like where it really orients the audience very well that goes away because he, as a character, his character, everything's blurring at that point. There, There is no definitive start and stop to anything because he, there's no definitive start and stop to his mental illness at that point. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just going full bore. Now, I haven't had a chance to see this movie a second time yet, and I really want to. So I want to go back and see... And if we go back and look at like some of the sequences, so like there's a sequence towards the end of the film where you see um, after he spoilers kills Murray Franklin on live television, you see there's like a wall of monitors and there's all these different news reports yeah. about that happening. Now the audience sees that Arthur's nowhere to be found, so this should be real information, right? Indicating that this really happened, that that event did happen. Now, did it happen exactly the way that we saw it with Arthur coming out and dancing and all that? Maybe, maybe not. But the fact that he did kill Murray Franklin really did happen. Right. So if you go back and look at all of those kinds of sequences, I think one of the other times where you get a real clear sense of like, okay, this is real, is when those cops talk, talk to Arthur for the first time. And he walks into the hospital door mm-hmm. like an idiot, and they laugh at him because he's so awkward, right? And that's really happening. Like, that's a real thing because we're seeing it from the perspective of the cops. Right. So I think, and again, look, is this smart? Did they do this on purpose <laughs> where you have to kind of go back? Did they six senses here? I don't know. You, I think if you go back and look for those kind of sequences where – 
it has to be a reliable narrator. No. If all of that makes sense, then I think the fact that all of Arthur's flex stuff not making sense and or not really even happening is a, is a win for the movie. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I don't, I don't know that that's ultimately what happens. We had to see it again, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can um, definitely see that and make that kind of like a acquiescence. It's just that we have movies right. that exist like Memento or Arrival mm-hmm. or like any Jacob's Ladder. Uh, anything, any of these movies, oh, yeah, Jacob's Ladder, yeah. they do a great job, a phenomenal job of like, you only need to see this once to understand what's happening. Uh, yeah. the, and you get the big O at the right. end or whatever, or whenever the moment happens. Yeah. Right. Like from the jump, like from the jump on Memento arrival, you know, you understand what's happening. You, you, you're in this character's point of view and you're going to experience the world as they, as they do. And then in Jacob's Ladder, you, you get great kind of like reference points. Like this is what's happening. And this is weird because this shouldn't exist in the real world, but this is happening right now to him. So if there was a little bit more, I, I, I don't know. Todd Phillips did a great rough draft. Uh, I can't wait to see the final product. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? This movie made so much money. <laughs> we're probably going to get a sequel. So maybe they can tighten it up a little bit. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, you know, I think it's funny because after we I saw this film, you saw it before I did. And, and, and then we met and talked about it. I was kind of shocked that you didn't like it. I thought you were going to love this film. Uh, but the points you made, you have made and are making now make perfect sense, mm. uh, to me. And I think weird, that's kind of the, fu- was it that- was, a, it was just a weird one. Like I felt physically kind of like confused as I left. So it, it was just like, are they, are they referencing things? Are they trying to get into like some class distinctions? Are they right? Are, I think have, ultimately have the question is done that. Did they try and succeeded a lot or were they lazy and got lucky? Mm. You know, and that's, I think it can be read either way. I think the way the movie ends with literally him being chased by an orderly, like a Looney Tunes cartoon or Scooby-Doo. I think, again, that's pointing toward, okay, this isn't real. Like, there's a lot of parts of this that are just not real. Hmm. That are not really happening. They're happening in his head. Yeah, that to me it came um, off of like uh, Todd Phillips couldn't help himself, and he had just had to get that little uh, that clown flower squirt. Yeah, he had, just had yeah, to, yeah, he yeah. just had to get that off. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I you know I'm also really curious if they're going to do like a director's commentary. Mm. <laughs> I don't know that there's been a film where I've been more anticipating the commentary track, uh, just to see if we're giving them too much credit or not enough. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I think, I guess we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, we're, we're probably gonna have to see the film again. Maybe we'll revisit it in a future discussion, uh, like an end of end podcast discussion. But ultimately I think, I think there's a lot worth watching. So if you, for whatever reason, if y'all are listening to this and have not seen the film, I don't know why you would do that, but you should see the film. I think it's, it's not a bad film. There's definitely an argument that it could, that it maybe is a lazy film or that it's trying to do too much and ultimately could not succeed on all those films. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next section, which is, hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Oh, hey, Tom. What's up, dude? You know, he sounds, correct me if I'm wrong, he sounds like good, like he's in a good place. 
Right. But like a little but a little somber. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting another Spider-Man film, but I, I wish it were eight Spider-Man <laughs> films. Oh, like like he's had to center himself? Yeah. Like consciously. Yeah. So, but that's our man, Tom. Good friend. Um, all right. Well, we already covered this. It's, 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 it's up and down, left and right. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> as Arthur Fleck, as this version of the Joker. Um, to everyone's like a, the new, uh, new character, new introduction of scene or, or concept within a film. And it's Arthur Fleck and, and he kills it. I don't, I don't even think we really need to talk about it anymore because we've kind of gone over it multiple times. Pretty much. Um, let's just move on to what if. Genos. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Um, Thanos. Okay, how about this? What if Thanos were in this film? Holy shit. <laughs> but what if he's just like trying to get a hot dog on the corner of the street or something? Or he's like trying to roll into a bodega. <laughs> Get some he's getting kicked out. Papi, no, you don't get it here. You know, you're purple, Papi. No. Yeah. No. Go. Like he's like they're like go go to the clinic. <laughs> On fourth, got to go to the clinic. <laughs> skin purple. Tough look for my guy. I mean, <clears throat> get that checked out. <laughs> Purple's not good, man. That's not a good color. It's not a color you want to be. Purple. Uh, what if? Okay. This is kind of like this is a segment where we talk about what do we think is going to happen or what do we want to happen next. This is what I think. Well, I kind of already hinted at this. I want this to be it. I want this to be the only film. Now, I know you said that you like the rough draft and that you want <laughs> the polished version, and I get it. But ultimately, I don't want another film. I don't want another Arthur Fleck. I don't want another Joker. Mm-hmm. I don't want another Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Fleck and Joker. I don't want any of it. I want this film to exist as it's as it stands, and that's it. It's it's a really unique experience. It's really interesting. Interesting what they did here. They took a big swing. They tried something really different. I'm gonna give them all the credit in the world. Um, whether you think they succeed or not, narratively, I get it. But the things that they're trying to do is so different from what Disney and Marvel mm-hmm. do, and I applaud them for that. Leave it there. It's made so much money. There's no way they're going to leave it there. And that's upsetting. Um, so, <laughs> again, we referenced this earlier, but there was this report out of a, you know, iffy website. But, like, they were talking about Lex Luthor, like, the success of the Joker. And this is when Joker had only made, like, $200 million. <laughs> It's almost at $800 million now. <laughs> and they were like, should we do a Luthor film? No. <laughs> Please no. Like... That's not the lesson you take from this film. That's not why this... Get some help. <laughs> yeah, get some help. That's not why this works. I think you said uh, that, that this film just passed Deadpool. Yeah. like just, just I think uh, Ryan Reynolds sent like uh, Todd Phillips. Like, uh, like a congratulatory tweet, yeah. uh, tweet. Something like that. Yeah. As rated R number one, whatever, right? So cool. I mean, great. I have no problem with that. Balance the scale a little bit, DC. You, you need a win. It's a good win for you. Don't make a Luther film. <laughs> that's not that's not what you should be taking from this. What you should be taking is the idea that these independent, standalone stories, strong stories, well told, 
well, maybe not so well told, but different stories told in a different way from everything mm-hmm. else we've seen, that's where you go. You do a Mr. Freeze film. You do a Red Sun Superman film what? where he lands in Russia instead. Fuck Russia? <laughs> right now? In the political climate that we're in right now? You do the Superman Red Sun? That's instant publicity. You know, you do a Batman Elseworlds tale where it's Batman set in the, like, uh, I guess, what, late 19th century? And it's like Batman versus Jack the Ripper? Ooh. Do that. <laughs> do do stuff that we have not seen before. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. This film swung for the fucking fences. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good lane for them. Yeah. I, I really applaud them. Other than the stupid killing Wayne scene... <laughs> Which apparently, by contract, must always be referenced and shown. Killing them, Wayne. Uh, no, no matter what, that was the safest thing in the world to do. But everything else wasn't. And I just, God, I really hope they don't ever do a sequel for this film. <laughs> what do you think the odds are? Put the over. Oh up. man, where's the line here? Uh, the line is, I'm gonna put it in time. Um, over under two years of making a Joker sequel. I'm going to say they like what they see. They're going to fucking fast track and green light that. I'm going to say under. Wow. It's made for so little. You didn't have to market it. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why you do the franchise. That's why they always do these franchises and sequels. (laughs) Known property. Known. Oh, geez. Known IP. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, God. Please just let this exist on its own merit. Mm, How about this? How about this? What if mm-hmm. there is a sequel? Mm-hmm. What if yeah. it's a ba- it's a Batman story, right? Set, set okay. in the Jokerverse this time. Ooh, ooh different. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what if it's Little Bats kind of like? Okay. He's like, oh no, all these pearls, and then uh, Alfred's like, stand back, Master, Bo- Master, uh, young Master Bruce, I've got this shit, Whoa. and just fuck. <laughs> it's falling down, starting Alfred fucking, fucking Alfred Pennyworth taking revenge. <laughs> Like the meme that we posted on Facebook? Yes! With his shotgun ready to go? <laughs> like, I love that. He wants all uh, of that shit. smoke. Yeah, double barrels worth of smoke. Do it. I'm in. Yeah, but that's what I mean. <laughs> that's the weird shit that we haven't seen. Go for it. Swing that way. I would even... You know what? Let's take it to an even different way. Same same sort of premise, mm. though. Wiffle bats. So tiny bats. <laughs> um... Now you've got him in preparatory school as an incredibly famous orphan um, dealing with the rigors of just going to middle school. Oh, oh, Christ. Like, like, like Bo Durham's eighth grade meets meets Batman, meets Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. Like, we're, we're like, there is no, there's no penguin. There's no, none of that shit. It's literally just like a slice of life. And how terrible it is to be 15 years old dealing with the trauma of seeing your parents murdered in front Fuck. of you. And now you got to deal with Fat Tony taking your pencil every English class? This, Yeah, oh. man. Like the mental emotional anguish that that kid would go through. <laughs> make that movie. So dark. I'll make that movie. Fuck, I'll write that movie. <laughs> Maybe I should start writing that movie. I don't know. I'm getting jazzed thinking about it. Like that doesn't exist. That story doesn't exist. Um, that's what I wish they would do. Please don't do a Joker sequel, <laughs> like a straight flight, 
sequel. Uh, let's move on. Uh, coming to Falcon Winter Soldier on Disney Plus coming up in November. Oh, man, we're going to have so much content to try to cover. <laughs> oh, man, this one's already running so long. Um, U.S. Agent is going to be, according to a, a, a J. Jolt, that's what I call him now, J. Jolt, uh, rumor mill, we're hearing that a U.S. Agent's going to be in Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, the, the plot line here is that Falcon Winter Soldier are still fugitives, mm-hmm. uh, ousted, wanted by the government, and that the government is going to utilize U.S. Agent as the new Captain America, as the new symbol of America to try to sway, I guess, the populace. And that's really interesting. Along with that, Chris Evans to make a cameo in the series uh, for maybe a couple episodes as old Cap. Holy shit. <laughs> Which I'm here for. He could have stayed me, could he? I, I just, you know, I just want him to be a crotchety old man. Just telling people that he won't do things. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they're like, he's like at a, he's like at an IHOP uh-huh. and... Oh, you know, like, sir, the, the shift changed. We're actually serving dinner now? You've been here since like nine in the morning. We would like to ask you to leave. No, uh, I don't think I will. <laughs> or just like, or they're like, sir, please, uh, can you at least tip the waitress? Her shift is over. She's leaving for the day. Can, do you want to pay her, pay her the tip at least? You don't have to pay the bill, but maybe because she has to go. <laughs> just. No. I don't think I will. <laughs> My guy, I have filled your coffee cup up 14 separate times. Give it to me so I can go wash it. No. I don't think I will. Wait, get this whole fucker out of here. No. <laughs> just that. Just I just want that over and over and over and over and over. What a what a uh, resolute old man! Just like he's earned it, though, you know. He had to fight himself. He had to fight <laughs> Schmidt. He had to fight. Fought, he had to fight Tony Stark. He had to go return the um, the Soul Stone to Vormir, which must have been an awkward meeting. Weird. We need a we need a a Marvel short on that one for <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, man, what do you think about uh, possibly Chris Evans peppering? Uh, Winter Soldier Falcon with his appearance. Yeah, uh, I mean, God, the mouse so powerful. Just like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have this A-lister. Just throw him in there. Just the cameo. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Doesn't he got other movies to go to? Yeah, he's gonna be. Oh yeah, man, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> oh boy, Colonel Sanders detective. <laughs> Cannot wait. I'm so psyched for that movie. Colonel Sanders detective. <laughs> Have you, seen, have you seen the trailer? It's Daniel Craig doing this like oh, southern shit. lawyer. Yeah, that's right. He's like he's so in it. Um, he's like a, a detective. He's so southern though, <laughs> and uh, God, and Chris Evans is in it, and just in 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 like Flynn, man, want it so bad. Just one. It's I cannot wait for that I, movie. I'm such a Brian Johnson nerd. <laughs> I keep trying to think of a good like phrase, like like suns out, guns out, right? Uh, right. What can I pair with? Blank out, knives out. 
Wives out, knives out. That whoa. Hives out, knives Ugh. out. <laughs> like you're anticipating it so much, you're getting hives. <laughs> Is that where you're at? <laughs> well, you know, I started getting these weird rashes, and I was curious. Maybe it's just because of the movie. It's so exciting. <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> um. Chives out, knives out. Yeah, you don't. You better dress that baked potato right, motherfucker. Coming for you. I need some. I need some butter and cheese, please. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, I know. I know. You know, if we're lucky, we'll get a booth because there's an old man <laughs> just sitting there with a fucking cup of coffee, <laughs> but. Hopefully, we'll get to sit back and relax. Enjoy our time in the casting corner. Yeah, no. Party at 20. You got to move now. No. I don't think I will. <laughs> um, all right, man. We've got a robust casting corner. Let's just jump into it. Pedro Pascal hey. uh, of Game of Thrones fame. Oberon, the, the Viper, is going to vipe your windows. <laughs> uh, he was in um, that one, the Kingsman, the, the second one that's not very the best good. Ice Kingsman. Oof. Man. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then he was, uh, what else was he in? He was um, Mandalorian, which is coming out. Is the, yeah, that's that, that's that future past tense, boy. Yeah. Uh, turns out he's going to be Max Lord in Wonder Woman 84. Mighty Max! Yeah, him and Polly Pocket. They're going to be real tiny. and uh, But yet too big to be in your pocket, ironically. Wow. Um, the, the little container they come in is far too large. It's a metaphor! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Max Lord is a character from the DC Universe who is a shrewd businessman. He's uh, He doesn't really have superpowers as far as I know. Oh. But he he's very good at like maneuvering behind the scenes. He's very like a Ober, um, not Ober, and um, Tywin, like a Luther, like like a Luther, like a Tywin Lannister. Max Max um, Luther, that's what his name. Max Luther, Lord Luther, Lord Protector Max <laughs> Luther. There you go. Uh, I'm obviously excited for this casting. Um, we, I mean, we knew he was going to be in the film anyway, but but now we know who he is. Uh, I think. You know, we already got Cheetah in the film. That's cool. That's a physical presence for Wonder Woman to battle. Now we've also got maybe a mental. A challenge. Phantom Menace. A Phantom Menace, if you will. God. Is is he going to get so top billion over Kristen like Wiig? Democracy dies. What is is that? he going to get top billing over Kristen Wiig? Is he going to get top billing over Gal Gadot? Oh my God. <laughs> He's a man, I'm just saying. He's gonna get and we know he, we know he's getting we know he's getting a quarter more paid. <laughs> um no, I I don't I think it's gonna be a tri billing, if anything. It'll be Godot, Godot or whatever I mean, at the top and then wig. It's twenty nineteen. Live your best life. You can you can have a, a, a thruple. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they'll just do straight across. Who knows? Uh, any thoughts on him? Uh, now we know he's Max Lord. You good I hope that? he keeps his head. 
Yeah, yeah, you do. Spoilers. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We don't. Do you know, listeners, what we're talking about? Winking and nod. Hope he doesn't get lost on the mountain. Comic readers, you know what we're talking about. Otherwise, maybe, uh, maybe a little lost. It's okay. All right, Warner Brothers wants. Michael Kors for Batman Beyond. No, wait, that can't be right. <laughs> Warner Brothers wants Mortal Kombat for Batman Beyond. No. The entire roster. Boom, 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 boom. Liu Kang. Sonya Blade. Chitaro. Sub Zero. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Michael Keaton. Oh. Michael Keaton. For Batman Beyond. The Keats. Uh, yeah, man. Great, great idea. First of all, yes, let's do Batman Beyond movie. Absolutely. Terry McGinnis in, like Flynn. I need to stop saying that. I don't know what that means. From Adventure Time? But, like, it, it rhymes. Was from that? Adventure Time? Is that what that's from? No, no, no. That that, know, that dude's name is Finn, not Flynn. That's Finn. Yeah, Finn and Jake. I don't know. Uh, Michael, Michael Keaton, Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis. Okay, so I, I don't know. Am I dumb? Like, you are you in on this, Michael oh, Keaton? Batman 100%. Man? Yeah. Right. We don't even need to talk about it. It's just a great idea. Just do it. Please do it. The real discussion, I think, is who plays Terry McGinnis? Oh, shit. <laughs> right? And so my brain goes, Brendan Fraser from, like, 20 years. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to develop time uh, uh, travel. Fuck me up. Just fuck me up, fam. Meme guy? That guy? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, okay, pre-mummy? Pre-mummy. All right. Pre-molestation. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! <laughs> Poor guy, dude. Actually, you know what's crazy? Uh, Keaton and Fraser are supposed to be in San Antonio this weekend. Uh, or, no, this weekend and the next weekend. Uh -huh. This weekend, Brendan Fraser. Next weekend, Michael Keaton. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be there. Anymore. I don't know if, that if the organizer is going to be able to pay the bill. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, Mary McGinnis, you got anybody? You got any real person that's feasible? <laughs> I think our boy Tom. And but but no, because Spider-Man. Okay, ass. don't yeah. need him stretched. He needs just to be ready and ready to go for Spider-Man. I don't know, man. Uh, these young bloods. I don't really know him that well. Fuck. I don't know him that Carl? well. Carl? Walking you know, Dead? I don't know. Yeah, Coral. You know, maybe. Maybe Coral. Maybe. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if I've only ever seen him in Walking Dead and yeah. I only watched that show for a couple of like, seasons. Like you said, we brought him up before for Casting Corner for some young dude. Too soft. Yeah, he's real soft. Um, you know who I would like is uh, he was in a movie called Perks of Being a Wallflower, which is really great. Ah. And and he was up for Peter Parker at one point, I think. And uh, his name is uh, Logan Lerman. Okay. And uh, he's solid. I th I think um, I think he could do a really good job with Terry McGinnis. And the more the more I think about it, is it's like him acting opposite Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. yeah and I, I, that's what I picture, and I feel like it works really well. Man, you know, what'd be really cool. Robert Pattinson from ten years ago. <laughs> there you go. We need that time machine. I mean, you know, he's going to be Bruce Wayne, I guess. Yep. So you sort of get your wish. <laughs> in a I mean, he is going to be Batman, just not being. I'm just <laughs> up to and not not after Batman. Up to and including, yeah. but not. Not beyond. <laughs> please, 
please could we start a campaign to get the new Batman film retitled up to and included? <laughs> I'm just I'm just shocked and amazed that you didn't go for your boy, for Scott Pilgrim himself. Oh my god. Michael Sarah. <laughs> Fucking Brett makes you fat. Um <laughs> Yeah, man. Look, I love Sarah. Do not get me wrong. My love for Sarah extends quite far. But but let's let's be real here. I could not take a Batman film, probably any film, too seriously <laughs> that has Michael Sarah. Well, so so you just throw these like the sharp end at, at people? I think that's <laughs> rather dangerous. It's, a, I mean, it's, it's a, a, real pointy. Ouch, ouch. That, that the hurt. suit's a bit much, don't you think? Just, wear, <laughs> just questioning wear everything. A oh, man. Could they even fit clothes to his weird body? <laughs> For for a Batman Beyond suit, it would be impossible. The budget would go through the roof. <laughs> We've tried nine suits, sir. They don't fit him. <laughs> what is? Well, just Green Lantern it. Just CGI him. <laughs> just pulling pulling out their hair. All right, let's move on. Uh, we got a couple of the Batman casting news. Here we go. We got Paul Dano as Riddler, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Hey. So one, we know these two characters are going to be in the film. Great. What do you think about these casting? Which one stands out to you? Uh, it sounds like that, Paul, that time machine works because this Paul Dano alias is obviously just James Spader. <laughs> yep, he's just going for a second second go around. <laughs> it's like how many other weird movies can I make? Now? <laughs> all right, James, you could you didn't have to, but all right. Sam Rockwell's really showing me up. <laughs> oh man, Sam Rockwell. Can we get Justin Hammer back in the MCU, please? Oh. Now more than ever. I want. We really need Sam Rockwell. Please, he's in. I'm sure he wants to do it. Figure it out. Um, Zoe Kravitz, man. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean. I, I think we already know how it's going to end with her, right? Like she'll be there and she'll like waver on whether or not to help the good guy or do the bad thing, right? And like it's, it's both sides are there, and then and then she's just going to end up with Grindelwald anyway, and then she she's going to try to help them at the last minute, but then get evaporated yeah. in like blue dragon flames. Awesome. Oh. I really I really like that she's going to buy them that precious 10 seconds to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just... <sighs> Have you guys seen Grindelwald? Go see Grindelwald, I guess, if you haven't. I I liked it, and then I saw it again, and I was like, wait a minute. Do I do I not like this film? <laughs> I don't. I'm conflicted. I really love Newt, though. Newt's my boy. Hufflepuff for life. Wow. Wow. Like What? What no, do you got? I'm, I'm just you... saying, like, top top Hufflepuff is, is Newt's commander, huh? Newt's okay. keeper? Right. Oh, really? Even okay. a wizard? Is he even a wizard? Yeah, man. I, Did you see him? He, he wrote a book. Dive into the the lake right. in his house. Swimmer, I'll give him. Ride, ride that dragon. Rider, okay. I mean, he gets his little tree friend to help him out with stuff. I mean, oh keep I mean, he's got friends. That's the strongest power you can have. <laughs> the real magic. <laughs> the real magic is French. It's friendship. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love Newt. Newt should be on the mountain. I'm calling. Wow. Put Newt on the mountain. Right there with, uh, with Voldemort. <laughs> oh my god! I was waiting for it! <laughs> uh, oof. That's got lightheaded. 
Paul Dano as the Riddler, I think, is great. He's a really great actor. Little Miss Sunshine, Swiss Army Man, if you want to see something really weird, there you, you go. You want to scream really, really loudly as an angsty teen? Yep, yep. Uh, very good at that. I think I think he has the right temperament for Riddler. I I think he has the the look, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. Looking forward to Dana's Riddler. Really looking forward to Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. I really feel like she's going to be able to kind of maybe not quite on the same level, but like Heath Ledger Joker, where he just really added this this thing that you didn't know you wanted in that character, but but man, it was amazing. Mm. I kind of feel like Kravitz has a chance at doing that with Catwoman. All right. Fair enough. All right. Last last entry in the cast. We still in the cast. Sir, sir, I'm closing up. You're going to be in here overnight. I'm, I'm locking the door right now. I'm going to leave you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Ornery motherfucker. Just. Uh, you earned it. You earned it. Uh... <laughs> oh, man, our boy. Fags in the house. Oh, shit. Is this the moment where stardom and popularity goes to Kevin Feige's head and it's the end of the MCU? Because he's going to guest voice on The Simpsons as a character named Chinos. (laughs) Which we need to throw a picture up on the Facebook. Uh, We will do that. It's, uh, It's basically Thanos with a ton of chins. Oh, it's real, it's real weird. Wow! But apparently, that character's gonna be voiced by Kevin Feige. Well, how do you feel about that? <laughs> That's appropriate, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I hope they do some sort of like crazy voice modulation and they at least try to. Well, I don't know. Oh. It'd be kind of fun if he was just even keel, like Kevin Feige usually is. Yeah, I think either way works. Also, have you ever have you truly baited unless you've done a cameo? And this is true. Uh, is that still apply, or is that only like the first ten years? <laughs> like at this point, are they just grabbing anybody? I don't know. All right, let's let's jump out of casting corner. That old man, he's gonna probably die in there. <laughs> That's on him. It's not on us. <laughs> let's go ahead and jump over the pond, if you will, and talk about a somewhat little-known character by the name of Union Jack. So Union Jack is a Marvel character. Um, He's been, depending on who writes him, uh, he's generally like a low-level, and I mean not low-level, but like a street-level vigilante type character. Mm. Occasionally they write him where he gets sort of powers, a la like a Captain America. But generally he's a he's a just a dude who's got a. A certain set of skills. He's got a boner for justice, is for whatever is the phrase that was in my head. I don't know. Oh my god. He just. just, (laughs) It's a trap. Yeah, yeah, act warmer. You know, actually, can he say that if he's dead? (laughs) Rip. Rip, Akbar. Um, Union Jack uh, is also a Marvel fan series coming to us on October 31st, Halloween or. Brexit Day, baby. Brexit Day from UK creator, series creator, Mark Garvey. And um, so they reached out to us 
and gave us uh, some info on the series and we took a look at it and I gotta say looks really interesting we've got the trailer up on our Facebook page for those that want to check it out uh, the show is going to be comprised of uh, 10 episodes 30 minutes each uh, starting on October 31st and um, a couple of things if you look at it it's definitely a, like a YouTube show in the way that it's one of those shows where obviously there's a lot of digital effects stuff like blue screen, green screen. Mm. Um, so it's got that kind of visual style to it. The, 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 the tone of the series is very comedic, almost like in a Deadpool way, but with like a UK sort of Brit dry sense of humor in some places as well, which I think is an interesting mix. Um, Anything stand out for you, like, visually with the show? I mean, the trailer's only a couple of minutes, so we just get, like, a taste of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the commitment to it, really. Uh, it's a fan right. project, so it's, it's really cool to see, like, the level of dedication and effort they put into this stuff. I mean... Yeah, it does not look right at all. Um, there's a really good production value in there, visually... Um, I, I like that they're going with this character, and this is actually we're gonna we're gonna eventually get to the discussion point of this week. But I like that they're taking a character, setting him in the MCU, and it's 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 from the perspective of Brits, right? It's in the UK, and it's something we really haven't seen mm. yet. We've seen Agent Carter, but she's been predominantly put in an American bubble for all of her character for the most part. And so with Union Jack, we, we're going to be, our eyes are going to be open to totally new experiences, but hopefully with some of the familiarity of things that happen in the MCU and a little bit of that Marvel style. Uh, another thing I got to say, give them a lot of credit for the Mark Garvey and crew is that um, we, they, they sent us some images uh, the, like side by sides of comic panels Yeah, from, actual like comic books and graphic novels that they're using as reference not only for the story but for visual reference and then they're side by side with the actual shots that they used in the show and they're really good they're like really spot on i love that level of dedication um the other really cool thing and i think this speaks a lot to hopefully what ultimately is going to um what the what the show is going to bathe in is we were given tremendous amount of promotional material posters <laughs> uh, digitally, yeah. and they did. No, I'm just that? saying, like that's my favorite part, probably. Yeah, yeah, they did all these really great kind of spoof satire parody uh, posters of actual movie posters, but with the Union Jack cast and characters. So we're going to try to throw some of those up on the Facebook page for, for you guys to check out. But, Chris, which one was your favorite? Man, there's a lot. Uh, just shout out to the Photoshop skills. This is great. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, even like the – there's, of course, the Avengers one. There's the, the Ant-Man versus the Wasp one. I think it's like that should be kind of like their definite lane for the rest of the promotional stuff at large. But I think the one I like the most is <laughs> the, the Doctor Strange one. Um, cause it's a character coming out of like a sling ring type thing. Right. Uh, but on first glance, like just like, you know, passing, passing, give it the once over. Uh, it 
totally looks like a goatsy. Uh, <laughs> is this the? Am I gonna have to actually edit something like a bleep or like a? I, I mean, I probably goat.cx. Go there, fucker. Oh no! Oh no! You won't. No! Oh no! 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 I mean, shout out to the internet no. old heads busting gutter. Oh right my now. god! Anytime I see one of those things, it's insurrect. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> despite your depraved mind, I will say that my favorite is they did one for the original Iron Man mm-hmm. movie poster, which is it's like it's got kind of like the Robert Downey Jr. and then it's got the the Jeff Bridges and then it's got like the Iron Man in the suit with the arc reactor, right? Like that's the poster. But in this one, they have Union Jack <laughs> kind of taking the spot of the Iron Man pose, and he's got this the silly little british flag that's way too small on his chest but it's still there it's like it's like too small to 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 blend in but too big like it's too wait it's too small to not be like a prominent symbol but too big to not just blend in which is you know the point is it's sort of awkward but like what i love is the poster they've got this ridiculous (laughs) abrams lens flare (laughs) That is supposed to like mimic the arc reactor from Iron Man, but it's it's like those little touches. If they translate into the show, I think it's gonna it's gonna be great. You know, but I think as we as we are discussing Union Jack and this fan made Marvel series that's gonna be uh, again premiering on YouTube. Our question this week is: What is the future of comic media? You know, with with films, superhero films being the highest grossing films out there, you've got streaming shows, you've got network shows, you've got um, you've got fan made series, you've got digital shorts, you've got comic books, you've got digital comics. Where is this all Mm. going? I think it's an important question to ask. Um is it a point? Is it a thing where there's too much? There's oversaturation. Is it where it's spread out too thin? There's too many different mediums for these stories, and it becomes problematic. Or is the breadth of everything ultimately good hmm. for fans of this stuff? What do you think? That, that is a very interesting question. It's crunchy, man. Um, Hey man, CBC. <laughs> we only do the crunchy. TM. <laughs> no, I think um yeah, it's just there's so many possibilities now because like there's really no gatekeepers anymore. The distribution is like at will. The production is like however much time and effort you want to invest into it, it'll look great. Um the materials is like there's a plethora of comic book characters out there that you can choose from. So of course you're going to pick a Union Jack, some character that, you know, that we would feature on like <laughs> what he do. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's the other thing. Like, yeah, you, you can throw a spotlight onto characters that would otherwise just, they wouldn't be given anything, you know, right. uh, you understand why like Marvel and Disney aren't going to give Union Jack a feature. <laughs> um, I mean, at least, not anytime soon. By the way, and I think I neglected to mention this, 
hit up Union Jack on YouTube. It's going to be Union Jack series. That's the same tag for their Instagram and Facebook as well. Union Jack series. So, um, I mean, it, you, yeah. you can wait around if you're a fan of a series like Runaways. You can wait around until it's hopefully picked up one day. Um, or you can do it yourself, which is so fucking cool. It, it's like, of course, yeah. it's not like the weird days of the early 2000s where everybody has like a webcomic. And, you know, you have to scan it in physically. It, it's so much quicker than that nowadays. You can you, you yeah. can totally do whatever. Um, I think that there's more fans get involved. There's, there's, there's the, Combo characters has become or comic movies and stuff has become mainstream. Uh, it's no longer niche. It's like people want to explore in the space. I mean, just like the possibility of having like um, some D and D kind of playthrough style of like like uh, everybody's the Avengers and they're kind of gonna go on these little arcs, right? And you fucking stream it on Twitch or something. That would be that that would be kind of like it would be fucking amazing. The fans control oh, their man. own narratives. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, if you if you throw them in, into a and d style type of adventure game, you, you could the the characters that they could interact with and the stories you could tell. And and then you also have a bit of like that improv kind right? of functionality built in. God, yeah, man, that is TM. TM. Hardest of TMs. <laughs> but we'll sell it to you, Kevin. <laughs> Partnership. We're all about the partnership. Just get us in. Get us in. We'll do it. What do you want us to do? We'll write it. We'll star in it. We'll do voiceovers. Uh, lighting. We'll concepts. Lighting. Best boy. Grip. Gaffer. I got some extra Cat Five cable. What do you, what do you want? We're in. <laughs> we'll do it. Um. Yeah. I think on the flip side of that, and I think, man, I think that's a great idea. But you look at the you look at the publishing side, right? And and they're floundering. They're constantly trying to reboot series. Mm. They're they're coming out with these annual and, and biannual events um, where they're trying to garner interest. Um, readerships dropping off. You have a lot of talented artists and writers in the comic industry, but it seems to be in a bit of a malaise. And it's really unfortunate because. There are really great stories. There's so many great stories to tell with all of these characters, whether it's Image, DC, Valiant, Marvel, Independent, you know, Skybound, whoever. The fact that they get some of those great stories get lost in the shuffle or are not given the proper promotion within the companies and get sort of sort of set aside. It's really unfortunate and, and I think that with this new digital platform like with the YouTube series or even the streaming series, you, you have all these opportunities now to tell these stories in really dynamic and engaging ways. Yeah. I mean, it's narrow casting. It's like a temporal, right? You can watch it wherever you want. That's so much. There's a ready audience. It's just like, yeah, it's so much of a different world from like creating movies in a studio lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it's like Kevin Smith's dream from like ninety three <laughs> of making clerks like come to fruition for everyone though. You know, like where you don't have to go through the studio anymore. I really applaud uh Mark Garvey for for doing what he's doing. I, I hope Union Jack's successful. I can't wait for the premiere of it. Um 
and I hope more people do it. You know, we've got things like the Bat and Sun productions where they do those um, those fights, those little short films where it's like Joker versus Deadpool or, mm. you know, Batman versus Wolverine or whatever. And those are really cool, too. I, you know, I, I just, I really wonder what's going to happen with the publishing side as they sort of bleed money <laughs> and are constantly trying to recoup their losses on, on the kind of the movie side. Yeah. I just, I, Maybe not so hot to take. Is it probably good that this is happening to, pub- to publishing because of the plethora of like the number ones that are out there every other month? It's super hack for sure. Um, look, I like reading a good comic book, I like having a comic in my hand and, and, you know, going page by page, panel right. by panel. That's a unique experience that I think is still very enjoyable. But you're right. When you reboot a series every year and start off with a number one and then like if you're trying to get back issues you don't know if you have the right issue number five (laughs) is it from the volume from 2014 or 2015 or like you know like oh what the with the lenticular cover or not the legacy edition so annoying i mean and, and all the publishers are guilty of this or at least the big two are and yeah it's really frustrating so I, I don't, I don't know. I think you bring up an interesting point. Like ultimately for the best stories to be told, should they be told in a different medium? Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, maybe. All right. I think that's going to segue pretty well into our big wheel winner of the week. No. You can brave enough to give you fire. Okay, so <laughs> shout Jesus out to your point. Every time, every time, I'm like, I'm not gonna laugh. <laughs> every time, and then I cannot help it. Um, so, so seriously, uh, right there. I was gonna say, the big wheel winner is the publishing side of comic book industry, which I think is still very valid. But can we just, for a small aside, uh, judge your honor if I if I mm. may <laughs> exhibit B, please. <laughs> Uh, one Jeremy Renner, uh, yeah. dude, my guy, what are you doing? I don't want to make too light of this because it's it's allegations right now. We don't know 100% factually of what's going on. But the allegations are not good. And, um, I mean, I know his app crashed and burned. Uh, but what is Renner doing right now? I don't know. It, it's uh, that uh, maybe nobody's going through the Amazon catalog. Uh, those boots are sitting on the shelf gathering some dust. Uh. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Um, and again, I don't want to make life because if this is a mental health issue, mental illness thing, too, and it, it most likely is on some level, that's a real thing. But come on. Like, you heard that sound drop. We got to rub him a little. Uh, <laughs> when when I saw him speak at a Comic-Con recently, and we talked about this on a previous episode, he kept bringing up his family. Oh, yeah. To the point where, where it was really unnerving. Like, no matter what the question was, he reframed it to talk about his family. It was really, really, really odd to the point where I came away from it thinking, like, there is something not right there. Mm. 
and uh, it's unfortunate that it's it's turned this way. Again, I guess hopefully the facts will shake it at some point. If Renner needs help, I hope he gets the help he needs. I hope his family gets the help that they need. Um, there's already been a petition for people to for uh, Renner to get kind of kicked out of the MCU. Wow. I don't think that's going to happen. I think, uh, like with the Johnny Depp thing, it turns out the allegations were false. And uh, he lost some roles because of it. I, I think um, they're going to be a little more patient. Uh, ultimately, though, if, if, if everything he did, alleged to do, he did do, then yeah, man, you... you you got to hold his feet to the fire. There's repercussions there that need mm. to happen for sure. And look, I know no one, no one, literally no one on this planet will be happier than daddy boy, original Ignacia. <laughs> if Renner gets kicked to the curb, <laughs> hashtag fuck I. Um, <laughs> all right. But the big, big will winner of the week for me, um, the publishing side of the company for their, for their bullshit, for there being this, incredible wave of talent washing over them out there. People with stories to tell with, with art to share, to imbue these characters with. And instead we're getting the ninth reboot of the Punisher (laughs) comic series. Um, It's annoying. It's really annoying. Um, and really, it's it's mostly the two big. It's Marvel and DC, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, every time somebody asks me for a recommendation of a comic, it's almost never a Marvel or DC book that I tell Oh, yeah. Them. Usually image for me. Yeah, so. Big Wheel winner. Comic publishing side. Guys, please, please do better. Stop. We're in the golden age right Get now. some help. <laughs> We're in the golden age. Let's Let's stay golden. And with that, we're going to close up this episode of Combo Characters. As always, thank you all for listening. If you get a moment, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you happen to listen to your podcast. Uh, as always, thankful to our sponsor, popcultureandcomics.com. Uh, again, we just talked about it. If you're looking for new stuff to read, they're one of the best resources to find little known and sort of underutilized comics that are coming out week after week. Um, you can really be exposed to some truly great stories there that aren't necessarily from Marvel and DC. Sometimes they are, but a lot of times they're not. It's a really, honestly a very good resource to find those, uh, those hidden gems, popculturecomics.com. And with that, the fortress of pod is closed. We love you 3000. See you in a minute. 